This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. Not too many people can say they've changed an industry for the better. Well, my guest today, Gabby Molinex, didn't just change the photo lab industry, she revolutionized it. She took over Fullerton Photographics in 1999, and it was in desperate need of help. Within two years, her and her team got it up and running and changed the way the industry would be forever. We were going to get our share of that business. So if I taught the photo industry about printing on metal and it turned into a wildly successful product and the manufacturers that sold us the metal blanks were selling lots and lots and lots of metal and Costco then decided to sell metal. If, but if I could do that, I knew that the independents were gonna get their fair share of that product. And I always felt it was responsibility and lots of my colleagues would say, why are you sharing so openly, Gabby? You know, people are gonna take your ideas. And I always looked at it as a positive as opposed to a negative. I wasn't so concerned about my own success because I knew it was going to be there if the industry was successful. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. We've had such guests who are boxing cut men, Pulitzer Prize winners, and the director of communications for LAX, Stephanie Sampson. Early on in this position, I was in, I was actually in Belgium and I was on vacation. Oh, to be back on vacation. <laughs> but I drove past a Bombardier factory. Um, Bombardier is building our train cars and I got so excited. And I was like, Bombardier, <laughs> our project. And now I find myself looking at cranes as I'm driving down the freeway. Here, I saw some cranes and I'm like, oh, okay, they're putting the seventh crane in, a tower crane at our rental car site this week. And like, I'm so excited because we're going to have this really cool photo to highlight on social media. It's like, oh, I used to remember stats about how many touchdowns someone has or what's their furthest PR. And now I'm remembering stats on, you know, how much concrete is poured. And it's like, how different is this? But I love it. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before diving into our conversation with Gabby Mullinex. Gab, thank you so much. Matt, it is a privilege and a pleasure to be talking to you. It's great to see you. I, I, I said in our email, or the email I sent you, uh, I ride by the old store like so often, like at least five times a week. And I was like, I've got to get her on and find out the update, the history, <laughs> what's going to happen in five, 10, 15 years. When are you going to slow down? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for driving by. Thank you for riding by on your bike and <laughs> reaching out. It's awesome. Um, we, we love Fullerton, you know, and so it was tough to leave that location after 20 years. Right. I mean, we were a longstanding business on that corner of Harbor and Berkeley forever, and we loved it, and I think people loved us there. Um, when we had the opportunity to buy a building, I think it's every business owner's dream and goal to own their own real estate. So, Well, tell me, how did a young girl like you <laughs> find Fullerton? Where did you grow up? I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, that's your valley girl. That's my valley girl. Meta. Went to school in the valley, was um, student body president at Canoga Park High. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Leadership. And then went to college at CSUN. Yes, and, Matador. Um, yep, a Matador. And then um, we actually came by Orange County um, through the Central Coast. Um, so we lived in the valley. Um, after we were married, we lived in the valley for a couple of years. And then my husband, who was in the grocery industry, um, ended up 
uh, being promoted to the Pismo Beach area to open the first Albertsons market on the Central Coast. And why would you have left that? So we had no choice, trust oh. me. However, all three, of my kids, all three of my kids went to college at Cal Poly, oh. San Luis Obispo. It is our um, five-year goal to be there. We will most yes. likely have a fast signs in that area. We've been talking <laughs> already girl. to Ooh. fast signs about that. So we have our site set up there after falling in love with the place, you know, in, in one year. But we fast forward. So we moved to Orange County, raised our kids here. Um, and one day um, I wandered into Fullerton Photo. Well, hold on, but, but you, you missed a very important thing. What, what when you miss? were at school, somebody wisely pointed you in a very important career decision. What did you get your degree in or, or so study? My, my background is marketing. I got, I have a business degree. Marketing and business, right? Yep. Marketing and business. Now, and wh why? Why did, why did you go there instead of fine arts or drama or mathematics or what did you see? You know what, Matt, to be truthful, I wasn't, um, a hundred percent sure that I was going to own my own business someday, but I love the opportunity of being able to be creative in a business sense. And, um, I always felt like if I had the background in, uh, being able to promote a business, I was going to be able to, um, have a real important impact on sustaining a business if I ever had one. It's a wise so, decision. Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't the skill like a, uh, a trade, like an, becoming an accountant or, you know, a skill that you might gain if you were in finance. But I always felt like the marketing piece was going to take me somewhere. And for many years, um, I chose to be home with my kids. Right. And I was super involved in their school and all the things that came with PTA and Little League and, you know, everything that um, a, a stay-at-home parent is fortunate enough to be involved in. And um, But you had that in your back pocket. I had it in my back pocket. And when my um, boys were a little bit older and my daughter was just running around and old enough to carry my camera bag, <laughs> I started taking pictures of people's kids. And Now, Why? Did you, um, just because I loved it. I, I thought this is... Did you is, take a lot of pictures of your kids? I took a lot of pictures of my kids. Um, I had some art, you know, enlarged of my kids that was pretty beautiful and getting some attention. And Did you have any training or did you just wing it? I wing. I just, like most right. photographers, I but think. But this is pre-internet. So pre-internet. So is, this is film photography. Yeah, but this yeah. is very much you on your own. You on your own. Right. No internet. Did you um, magazine look like Shutterbug or photo magazines? or Not so much. Just my, go for my it. My dad carried his camera with him. His oh, entire, okay. you know, our entire growing up life had a dark room in a little closet in, you know, inside of the garage. Oh, so and maybe dad was a bit of an influence. Huge. Huge influence. And so there's a million photos of you as a child. There's a million photos of me. There's a million slides <laughs> <laughs> that we've all quarter. digitized. Two and a quarter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, I started taking pictures of kids and we started doing some fun stuff at the local elementary school just for fun. You know, the right. principal thought, hey, this would be fun to include some of the students on campus as art in our multi-purpose room and throughout the, the building. And so um, I used Fullerton Photographics as my processing lab. And when it was, was it when it went on Wilshire? On Wilshire. Okay. And then he had just moved over to the Harbor and Berkeley location. Okay, right. 
Um, and so I'd come in there with my film and spend lots of lots of money processing my film. Right. Because that's what we all that's did. That's what we all did. You had to. That was, yeah. That's what you did. That was the get to Z. That, that's that, what it was. A, B, and get to Z. And get to Z. Make prints. Make prints. And one day, the owner of Fullerton Photo said, you should buy this business, Gabby. And I kind of looked at him like he was crazy. And now, were you there that much that Chris made that? I was there that? twice, probably twice a week. Okay. Yeah, probably twice a week. How many rolls? Oh, maybe 15. 15 rolls 15 a week? 15 rolls a week. I was spending some good money and making none. <laughs> now, all, this, all these photos were just to have cool photos around so the school? people liked my photos and started to contact me and say, could you take pictures of my kids? Okay. And so what started, obviously, is just a little hobby. Was it more like you taking pictures of them for like family photos or so, Christmas holiday? Yeah, I mean, it, it started that way, Matt. So people would say, oh my gosh, I saw your picture of my son, Mike, up in the multi-purpose room. I didn't know you did photos. Can you do our family <laughs> pictures? And so we'd run over to Yorba Regional Park and I, you know, I got to know the lighting somewhat. Okay. Or we'd run over to Tri-City. I think I started at Tri-City. Right. Which wasn't very good. I started good. one park and moved <laughs> to another. another. Yeah, you upgraded. You upgraded. And um, my Isn't daughter. Isn't funny? That's how it worked. Like they had a better background. They had oh, more yeah. color. Yeah. They had better more flowers. color, better flowers, better shade. Right. You know, the trees were more um, full. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, more mature trees yeah. would give you green. A lot of green behind. So um, Caitlin, my daughter, would drag my camera bag around and follow me around to where she was, you know, literally like. Oh my gosh! Is this what this is what my life's gonna be like? Yeah. I'm gonna be your assistant. I'm your Probably assistant. Your kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to go to the park again. Never, never. And I started to take think about Chris's offer, and um, he, you know, I at the time I didn't know he was ill, and okay. I don't think he did. It was all within that year that. Um, where he decided that he was going to get back into aerial photography or so he thought. Right. And we took about six months to make the decision. Um, mostly. Okay, so when you, when he says that to you. Yeah. Do you go home and have a conversation with your husband? Like, <laughs> as if he would do that to you, like, I want to buy a boat and he would have to talk to you. <laughs> What's this conversation like at the kitchen table? So, yeah. You'll never believe this. <laughs> the conversation was like, you know what? There's an interesting business opportunity in front of us. Um, I have no idea what the upside is. The only thing I kept thinking, Matt, was if I'm the photographer and now I own a photo lab and people are buying pictures from me, it seems logical that there would be more inherent profit built into that equation mm. than me turning around and selling what I just purchased from Fullerton Photo. Right. So I started to look at it that way, and I started to think that um, the opportunity, it, it looked like it was making some sense. Um, I was terrible at doing my due diligence on um, getting the equipment appraised, on Just really- research, real research. Real research. Now, what did your husband say when you, when you bring this up at the kitchen table? He says- I think you're crazy, but you might be onto something. Okay. <laughs> because I know that you're passionate about your photography. And, you know, in that, during that time, in most families, women were the archivers, probably still are today. And I noticed just by observing that business, um, people that were coming in to drop their film off were um, 
typically men, and he had Chris had a um, several wedding photographers that that used his business right. yeah. um, for proofing and enlargements and such. I didn't know they were probably the most difficult people in the world to please. <laughs> had you, but oh, had, had I known that. Did you not have any wedding photographer experience? No, I yet? only shot families okay. and kids. So I was not in the event world. I That's did not shoot rail. weddings. Oh yeah, that. Oh boy. And man, that can be a really stressful piece of the equation yes. as, as it turns out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You look back at it now. Look and go, back oh. at it now and think, oh my gosh, I was so crazy. Because for one everything was wet chemistry. Mm -hmm. I didn't know a thing about that. I, I didn't know a thing about processing a picture. I knew how to take photos. I, so I thought, but I didn't know this, the first thing about developing film. Yeah. Either black C41, and white or color. E6, yeah. black and white. Oh my gosh. You talk about like m the people that know me in the photo industry. I mean, I heard later one in a thousand shots that I was going to make it one in a thousand chances. There was so much to learn. There was so much to get wrong. There was so much that if you didn't know what you were doing, you were wasting your chemistry was going bad because you weren't using it quick enough. So it was growing algae. Right. Right. I mean, you're mixing it wrong. You're contaminating your chemicals. If there's a paper jam in your side of your machine and you have to pull the racks out, you're oh. going to contaminate the chemicals and have to dump everything. I mean, the nightmare of things that could have gone wrong and did go wrong in those first couple of years. I mean, there were a lot of tears. So <laughs> you guys have that initial conversation. Yeah. You said six months, you finally decide. Yeah. Because at that point we did know that Chris was ill. Right. And so the negotiations were different than I think they would have been had it, had his illness not come right. to play. I mean, we had to make the decision that we were going to honor his asking price and that we felt it was a fair price mm -hmm. and that we were okay with the unknowns. Yeah, cause they because were big. They were big and and he was ill. And right. so it, it, and it wasn't- it happened fast. It did, it did. And as it turned out, we closed, and there were things, Matt, I mean, so we closed the deal on December 15th of 1999. Now the world was worried about Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't worried there was not a single computer in that business, not one monitor. Right. Yeah, see, that's the thing. People don't understand. They, they don't know. Ninety-nine percent won't. Like, it was a, it was like a little gentleman's club photography place. It like, was. There was. It was. It was him, and a couple other people. Chris was another one. His mom ran some stuff, but he, it was very bare bones. It was very bare he bones. He knew everything, so there was no anybody else. There wasn't a manager, and. He just kind of ran it as a place. He ran it as a place. It Not was, as a it, business. It was cash or yeah. check only, no yeah. credit cards. Yep. He put political signs out on the corner because he was really involved in the in the political community in right. Fullerton. We didn't live in Fullerton, so that I stopped that right away because I didn't know right. anybody and I didn't want to get in the middle of that mix. And a lot of businesses don't touch that. Yeah, they and don't. He and, and he did. And and I we've we've remained pretty apolitical right. all along. But right. that was neither here nor there. I had no one but that that was to, to mentor us. Yeah. And so I stepped into that role on December 15th of 1999, not even also knowing that at that time, holiday cards, that whole bit Wait of business, a it was you, so seasonal that like the business, I mean, <laughs> you didn't know you were jumping into like 10 days before Christmas. No, I mean, I no. it, the deal closed, but I didn't know the business cycle of the photo industry. 
And I didn't know that at that time you needed this mask and this other little thing. And it put that white strip with the little Christmas tree icon for people to sign in that little extra space. So you had your four by six and then you had an extra couple of inches. You know, it was maybe a four by eight piece of paper that printed Mm -hmm. out of the machine. Well, Chris was the only one that knew how to operate that little mask piece. So there was no more... not that anybody would be ordering holiday cards at that late like right. they would today. There was no really such thing even as a New Year's card. And I mean, all the business for the year was over. So we go into this business and we're coming into just a really quiet season. Right, and it's January. It's January. The SBA's loaned me a little working capital, but I ran out of money in March. Okay, so what is your first, like, let's say, week? What are you doing? <laughs> My like, first are you just trying to figure out the machines and the chemistry? There were, and- there were two young ladies that worked for Fullerton Photo at the time. Now, okay. let me explain it. They were, they were nice. Each one ran one machine ran their own machine right okay? one of them did all Who the printing melissa and b oh god wow <laughs> melissa and yes. b okay um things i didn't know things questions you should ask okay so yes part this knowledge to the yeah, person who's well, trying to figure like this out in in during that time period just to have a little background on how the equipment ran would have been helpful because What I found and what was one of the most interesting things about owning your own business and something that reoccurs all the time is that, and I think business owners can relate and I don't want to, this isn't meant to make people mad, but the truth is that if you don't know something about your business, then in essence, you run the risk of being held hostage by your employees. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that takes a long time to figure out. And it's also one of those things that is so liberating when you do understand that and when you can make the necessary changes to address that. Because until you do, um, you're really not in control and you're not able to really chart your own course until you do. So it took me a long time to learn that. How long? A long time. Okay. (laughs) A long time. Let's say we... We got a lot better at it 20 years later. Okay. Okay. Um, but, you know, and that, that your employees affect everything in your business. And to me, when you talk about, when kids today talk about work-life balance and they talk about the quality of their workplace, it's so important to be able to walk into your workplace, wherever it is, and feel good. Sure. And, and have a, a, a feeling of... Um, excitement and passion and um, feel that you're that you're competent your employees are competent to do their jobs because you've enabled them to be um, good decision makers and the business feels good to not only you but to your customers when they come in and people know that it's not you know you can't sometimes touch it but you know how it feels right so there was at a point where walking into the place let's say eight ten years in i felt like i was walking into your living room thank you when you walked into the store thank you and that's that was a goal right the little bell rang and you know you walked in and there was pictures and there was every you know little knickknacks that you would like have at someone's house and it was really like walking into your living room it wasn't like walking into the men's club the men's club yeah Yeah. dark and you know the tv was on what they're smoking on the patio yeah and you walk in and hello and there's someone come out of the back oh hey what's going on yeah they smell like you know e6 oh yeah spilling all over the floor (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's super important but um, how was that first year really tough 
really tough. And so what, what's, what are those night conversations with your husband? Tears, tears. And Him or you? Me, me. <laughs> okay. but hit long days for him because we still had three kids at home. My, yeah, you're my, still mom. Yeah, my you're daughter was in fourth grade when we did this. The boys were in high school, but my daughter was in fourth grade. And, I and was you're having, not living in Fullerton. And we're not living in Fullerton, so 15, 20-minute drive, and the hours were long. We, yeah, we, what were your hours? The hours were nine to seven, and so my husband would leave the grocery business, and he'd relieve me at six o'clock to work that last hour in case people came in. We weren't smart enough at the time to to say let's close at six what you know because the sign said seven we got seven so we had to stay open to seven so he would fake his way through that last hour talking to people knew nothing about right and we stayed open to seven and we did for years um the crazy thing was matt when the equipment got hot one of the young ladies that worked for me they she would let out this scream now I didn't know anything, right? So she would say, oh, my God, Gabby, the, the equipment's too hot. And I'd say, well, oh, my gosh, what, what, do we, what do we do? And she'd say, I know exactly what to do. I'm just going to run to Jack in the Box. We just have to get some ice cubes and pour it in the developer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I believed her. I thought, how could this be? Because I know you're diluting it, but I, that's how little I knew about chemistry and processing oh. and what that was going to then do to the color of oh. your film. Oh, yeah. And I believed her. Oh, yeah. We'll just go get some ice from Jack in the Box and we'll. And so that's oh. where I started. That's Instead where I started. Instead of thinking maybe it was ventilation <laughs> or the fan was out. Or something was yeah. going wrong with this machine. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, we had I had a steep, steep learning curve. Um yeah, I mean, like I said to you earlier, yeah. you really did love to jump in the deep end. Yeah, I did. I jumped in the deep end. I knew there were certain things I knew, though, to be true. One of them was that my goal was to double the volume, double the gross sales in five years. Okay, five and, years was your... And we did it okay. in two and a half. Okay. Okay, now... But that, let's be honest, that was probably pretty easy. It was, because, right? yeah, it was. Because you went from cash exchanges to, you were probably the number one Customer. I was probably one of the number one customers. The, yeah. the number one and number two wedding photographer customers, we had to redo things so many times that whatever their sales were, you it were didn't losing. even count because yeah. we were losing money. It was yeah. a push. Yeah. You couldn't get to the right sepia mix of plus five magenta and, and minus three yellow. Especially then. <laughs> no. Now it's now easy. Now you program it and that's right. that. So yeah, and we just... I felt with that business um, that I was constantly reinventing myself. So my marketing background, I mean, it, it came into play every day, Matt. It came into play. I was... Yeah, how did, what, what was your first, like, spring marketing? What did you do? <laughs> so, what, what's your... well, I knew that we needed to market to women. And so one of the first things that we did was we hosted um, something that's become so popular now, but I think we might have even invented it. Um, we hosted the first girls' night out in the Fullerton community. Yep. And we did it as a way... There was no um, ulterior motive about trying to gain some extra amount of business from having an evening where we had women in. I did it to thank our existing women customers for their business. Right. So whether it was Duran copying at St. Jude Hospital or um, somebody from uh, Susie Lynn's at Century 21, right. um, we were looking to the community to say, thank you for your business. Come in and celebrate with us. And that started a whole thing in the photo industry. It was kind of, it was fun because I was doing crazy things. You got to imagine photo labs were owned by 
came in. They were entrepreneurs. They were photographers. They're not sexy. They're stinky. No, they're stinky. They're not sexy. These guys are kind of creepy, really. Right. And And they they don't have any customer. They have no. Like sense of how to work with a customer. Just drop it off. Get out of here. I got to go back to my machine. Yeah. And really just boys playing with numbers. uh, Plus, minus, you know. And if you were a decent entrepreneur and you you offered a a double set of prints for free on Wednesday, that was how they marketed. Right. For us, it was all about engaging with our customers, teaching them photography. So that was somewhere in maybe year five or so. Right, but I it was, remember that. It was yep. a big outreach to um, our women customers. And also because we were doing a lot of photography, that thing that I said earlier about you know, these pictures are now a lot more profitable. Right. Um, that really came into play because people were still buying packages. You weren't, we weren't selling our negatives. Like you're right. giving away your digital files today as part of your shoot. I mean, people had to order um, pictures from us, the actual physical print, if they wanted, you know, to have a uh, a memory of that photo shoot. There was no transfer of those files digitally over the computer. Like it was buy a package from us and um, have your beautiful imagery, have our imagery on your wall of your, of your family. So we would do creative things. We would offer a photo shoot plus plus Christmas cards. (laughs) We were the first um, company, I think way before snap, Fish and Shutterfly, way before anybody that was designing uh, Christmas cards with three images on the front. Right. We created a template where you could drop three photos in because we learned from our experience of taking pictures of families that you didn't always get a good picture of all the kids together. Right. So let's put each one of them on the front of the card. And this was even before there was any um, press printed cards. This was photo, paper, Christmas card with a templated design to drop three images. Who made that template? Well, actually, Joel Moss made the first template for us. Wow. (laughs) We asked Joel. He was um, just getting into photography at the time, and I knew he was a good designer. And I said, Joel, can you design us a Christmas card? Just a black background and a white background with three placeholders for images. Right. Drop some text on there. Merry Christmas across the top. Right. Happy Pick holidays. A font. I don't yeah, care. we don't care. And you need something because you had nothing. We had nothing, and we sold thousands and thousands of those cards. To, that's the to first, this, first or second year. When that you... was our like probably. Well, we were in our first Christmas. It probably so, the second Christmas. Okay. Yeah, and we we just started to realize. Now, why did you think that would be possibly what someone wanted? Because from my experience of taking pictures of kids. Just the way it worked. It's just the way it worked. I knew. Eyeballs, kids are looking. Yeah, kids are looking. Or Parents it's a perf- are trying to Yeah, it's a perfect picture of the three kids and somebody's looking the other way or two of the kids look great. And this was before you could go in and, you know, switch a smile or right. open eyes. Yeah. This was well before that. This was still at, during was the still time print. of print and negatives. No Photoshop, still no Photoshop. Yeah. No. You and weren't in that realm yet. Nope. I had to, I knew digital was coming I consumed every magazine because I knew no one in the See, industry that's what I was going to say how much yeah. now you own the company how much research are you doing because now you're in it now I'm doing a ton yeah. of research there's one thing being mom and you dabble into taking friends photos the other one is now shit I am owning a company I am in that's this that's a photo company I am in the pool I'm here yeah right yeah so were you just I'm going to take it all in Yeah, I did, Matt, I read everything I could get my hands on, every photo-related retail magazine that there was, and I learned so much 
at the time because I had no colleagues, I had no peers, I had no so you were group starting of independent from zero. photos. I was starting from zero. I knew nobody. Um, and we started to learn about organizations, suppliers. Yeah. Did, did you just join anything? I, I joined things, but I really wanted to know what the independent photo people were doing. But I will tell you a story. So I definitely knew that we needed to buy digital equipment. Okay. I wanted, I'm like, this is bullshit. You right. know, there's like, gotta be there's gotta better. be something better. I need to buy some equipment. I need to be more efficient. Digital's coming, I could tell. But I mean, it was on the heels in 1999. Some of my colleagues that I learned later were already buying their first digital mini labs in 2000. Okay. It took but they the, had capital. Or they, they had were, capital. They knew what they were doing. They, they made a lot of money. A lot you know, when you were printing people's film, I mean, it was like printing cash. Sure. I missed all that. Right. <laughs> we missed right. all that. So did Chris, which is a crazy thing. I missed it. So um, I decided that we needed a printer. And so I took my own negatives to Ritz Camera in the Brea Mall, because I knew they had a Fuji Frontier. <laughs> to, I had the Fuji to, Frontier. Okay, to Naritsu. I, Naritsu's here in Anaheim. Yes. So I, I went to Naritsu. And then I also knew another place that had a, an Agfa lab in Glendale. So I sent them my negatives. And I thought, okay, these are my professional negatives. I want to see what the prints look like. Okay. And I'm going to pick... I'm going to buy a machine based on what my f pictures look like. Because I knew if my pictures look good, so would everybody else's well, what pictures. what if the operator had a bad day? Well, so what? Or I chemistry wanted or... <laughs> no, no. So that's I, how you made your yeah, decision. Yeah, that's how I made my decision. That's how I picked the Fuji Frontier. And then I had to call Fuji. So imagine calling a salesman and saying, come and sell me a machine. They wouldn't, they, they wouldn't call me back. What? They were too busy. Well, at that time, so this is like 2002. I knew digital was coming. They were selling so much, so many pieces of equipment. And you're talking about a quarter of a million dollars. Right. I mean, this wasn't inexpensive equipment. This no, was a big, big home. investment. You're buying a home. Yeah, you are. But I said, okay, I'm buying the Frontier. Come sell me a piece of equipment. They finally did. I mean, literally, I told him exactly what I wanted. He didn't have to do anything. The salesman, I said, just, <laughs> just show up. Just show up. Just show up. Just, just get me qualified and just show up. And so. Was that terrifying? Realizing you're buying literally a home for your business? So there's something to be said for being a little naive. <laughs> because. Um, Again, is there a conversation with the husband? Um, a, Sweetie. Little, a little conversation with the husband, you know, a little conversation saying, okay, you know, here's where we were when we bought this business. If we don't do this, we're going to be out of business. We have to have a way to handle dig digital files. We have to. I mean, it's moving in that direction. All of my now research supports that we're actually behind on this purchase. We need to do this. It's going to change our life. We had no idea about the phones. We just knew digital cameras were, right. were here. Phones are not yeah, yet. Yeah, phones are not yet here. So right. anyway, so we do that. And the equipment takes like six months. And they call me and they say, oh, Gabby, we have some news for you. The, the model that you purchased, what isn't on the boat? The model that you purchased is not on that ship that's in the port, ready to be unloaded. I said, I'll be, and I did say this, Matt. I said, I don't know how many women business owners you guys have dealt with, but I said, I can turn really mad <laughs> really fast. <laughs> and I said, you guys said this thing was coming in August. Figure it out. I need it here this week. 
August 5th was the delivery date. I need it here. And I said, it doesn't matter. Give me the next model up and give me something. Yeah. You make, it, me. make it happen. I had a big sign on that corner that said the frontier is coming. No one knew what that meant, but I thought I'm going to generate some excitement over this. The frontier is coming. The okay. frontier is coming. So. <laughs> and it wasn't there. <laughs> Was that self-taught at Northridge? Like, oh my gosh. just put a banner up in front of your business. Just put a banner up and get draw some in. Yeah, hopefully they'll did come. Did people walk in going? Excuse they did. me. Um, they asked me about what it. What is it this frontier great. you talk of? They, they did. So we had to have it. So I ended up with <laughs> you the. You couldn't with, show up with something else. <laughs> I ended up with the. Um, the better model. Okay. And yeah, because you don't want to upset Mama Bear. Oh no. Oh no. Start thrashing no, that place around. No, 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 no. I was going to be upset, but um, anyways, it was one of the it was one of the baddest decisions we ever made. I mean, we then we were in business. Then we were a serious photo lab. Okay, that so changed everything. Up until then, who's now working your finances? Because that's a part of the business people forget. Like. Yeah, you like to take pictures. You bought an in, you bought a business. Your chemistry and your machines are. The, but who's dealing with the books? So now it's important. Now it's really important, right? Because if some parent was paying you, you know, forty, fifty, a hundred bucks to shoot your kids, it's cash. It's in. It pays for a night out on the town. You're running a business with employees, taxes, payroll. payroll yep. Insurance. Yeah, insurance, expenditure, yeah. rent. Yeah. So who's handling that so side of a business? That's me too, Matt. That's me too. And that um, that piece of it was did not get the attention that it deserved. And it took me several was, years to figure out, even with the help of a bookkeeper, to figure out that I better start paying attention to these books. I better realize what's going on the credit card. Right. You know, I better take another look at, at that time, I don't even know if I had a line of credit. I mean, we had an SBA loan for okay. the business. The interest rates were high. Right. My goal might was as well to have get had it on a credit card. Might as well have had it on a credit card. Um, oh. The financing for this big $225,000 piece home. of equipment, a home was through Fuji. So that was a $3,000 a month payment to them. And I mean, it went on and on and you can get yourself. How many employees did you have at that point? At that point we had. Into the first year. Did you keep the two and get some more? Kept the two. Um, Your husband's on the honey payroll. (laughs) He wasn't on the payroll then, no. Um, So I realized pretty quickly into the very first year that I needed somebody like me to be part of this business thing with me. And somebody to talk to, somebody that was mature enough to answer the phone, take a message, maybe help somebody over the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through my entire roster of friends from PTA, sports teams, Girl Scouts, you know, a little everything, literally everything. And I said to my friends, like, you guys, you can come to work from nine to two, drop your kids off at school, come hang out with me. It's going to be fun. Be great. Matt, I'm not kidding. Like I probably 10 times I thought I had somebody and then they were like, ah, no, you know what? I don't need to work. I want to keep volunteering, whatever. Right. I like what I'm doing. I like what I'm doing. Um, No, thank you. And so it was the first day of school, September of 2000. 
Okay. Okay. I'm walking my daughter to school. I'm waiting for her to go into her class. And somebody standing outside of the classroom said, Hey, I heard that you were looking for somebody for your, to work with you at your photo lab. My best friend just moved to Yorba Linda from New Orleans. She had her own home-based photography business in New Orleans. She's going to Life Touch today to interview for a job. I'm like, wait, wait, go home and call her. We didn't have cell phones. Right, yeah. Go home and call her. Tell her to come see me. Tell her I'm so interested. Tell her to come see me today. Tell her not to go to that interview. That's Leisha. She still works with me. That's Leisha. I hired her that day. I hired her that day and she's been with me 21 years. And that, and that's that like was, a marriage, like yeah. finding out someone special that yeah. you can keep that long that as employee. That you can trust, that you can keep, that, you know, has become a dear family friend, but also just a great person to have to help right. me build the business. You know, lots of people have always thought we're partners. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, we really were because I relied on her for so many decisions. And so, you know, she helped me chart the course. And anyway, so she's still with me today. But so that was September of, of 2000 of 2000 and then we started to grow and we started to need people and we still have our same tech he <laughs> wired this building and built this building out for us and we hired him probably six months in because we knew we needed to figure out the whole computer thing wow yeah <laughs> so i still have sean too i and mean it's it's one of those things in owning a small business people don't realize how many little hats you have to wear no, and especially when um the revenue is just there to take care of your immediate expenses mm -hmm. and they you don't realize um so for example i was so hands-on in the business that um when we began to send emails, which was a few years later, right, and we did started to do that kind of marketing, and um, you know, it was. I wanted to protect that brand that we had built so much that even down to the font, I was involved in those decisions. My background was marketing. I knew what I wanted it to say. I knew what I wanted it to look like. I just couldn't actually execute the Photoshop piece. Okay, but I was art directing from day one because I was trying to build a cohesive brand that had some kind of a, a look and feel to it right. that people were going to recognize and associate with, with us. And, and you gave it one. Thank you. I feel like we did. But um, I guess the whole, the exciting part of all of those 20 years of uh, the ups and downs of the photo industry, and I'm talking about reinventing and building a marketing program for the entire industry and uh, bringing new pro products to market that Costco even brought into their right. collection. You know, all of those things, um, they took time, they took energy, they sort of led me to the place of realizing that this is so fun, but this is a, a tough, you know, fast forward 20 years later, a really tough market to sustain, right. business to sustain. Did you find yourself, and it sounds like this, you were operating or growing the business? Which one did you find yourself doing more in those first four or five years? That's a good question. I was operating the business and, and I was really, um, 
working in the business instead of on the business. I did that for really 20 years. Yeah. So completely different. Totally. Completely different. And people don't understand that. They think they're growing, but no, they're not. They're no, just managing. They're just managing. And they are just doing what it takes to keep to, it afloat. To keep it afloat. But that's not growing. No, it. it's not growing it. And it's not really understanding it either. Like it's not really understanding, should we provide this service? Should we do this thing? Should we do that thing? Right. What is this thing costing us to do, really? You can't even look at your, your labor and actually understand, you know, what it takes to um, sell a certain product line. Mm-hmm. Is it efficient? Are we producing it efficiently? Uh, what kinds of things do we want to sell? Why do we want to sell them? What's our margin? How important is gross margin? All of those things. What's our, who do we have our insurance with? Maybe we should stop and look instead of just sticking with the company that we've, you know, right. had for 20 years. Let's reevaluate this. Let's take a deep dive into um, our materials costs. Let's figure out what we're wasting. Let, you know, all that right. stuff are things that it, when you're in the thick of things, you are not thinking about. And it's, they're all the things that wind up. Um, really determining what your future looks like. Right, the path of the yeah. future of the company. Yeah. yeah, and it's because it can set landmines for you in the future. You don't know. You exists. don't even know. You don't even know. And because um, you can't maintain as a company, have to have growth. You have, you to, have, have to have you, a, a path. You have a to have a path. You have to set goals. Um, we started to talk about things called unreasonable goals now because we have that opportunity to be wildly successful now. Um, but there came a point, you know, I, um, I ended up getting very involved in the photo industry. Um, the That's first, an understatement. The first meeting, Stop, come on. <laughs> the first meeting that Leisha and I went to, we didn't know it started on time. So we go showing up at like quarter after nine. It's in this hotel in San Diego and it's a group of independent photo imagers. And we go walking into this auditorium and our high heels are clanking and our jewelry and people are turning around like, holy, <laughs> we just, just walked in this building. And what do they know? And even clip, clip, clip yep, bags. And my jewelry yeah. and our, a big bag. Smelling and, good, looking good. <laughs> and we, we had so much fun. And I ended up leading a session on greeting cards. They're, they had um, brought somebody in to talk about creative greeting cards and, and where those were going to go. And it was like 1990, maybe like, I'm sorry, 2000 and, and maybe five or so, right. five or six, somewhere in there. And all of a sudden people are like, what? You can do what? And so from that transitioning into writing an entire marketing program for the entire independent photo image industry for several years and basically saying, hey, if we're going to sell these things and collectively as a group, we sell these types of services. We sell archiving. We sell photo gifts. We Mm -hmm. sell photo books. We sell things based on seasons. We sell holiday portraits and holiday cards and grad portraits and grad cards. We sell these things. Let's put marketing together around it that we can all use. Right. So that was, those were those were fun years where I was actually making a little bit of money. <laughs> was that when you felt you were building the business? That's where I felt I was building the business. That's where I felt I could take my eye off. I started to travel a lot and Four speak a lot. Four or five years in, you... Probably more like seven, okay. seven-ish years in. I felt like we were building it in the Fullerton community and we were this good little, great little secret in Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while for 
us to, uh, for people to start noticing us all over the country. And then I started to get interviewed and people were like, wait a minute, we're sending a crew out to be part of your girls night out. We want to photograph it. We want to, um, tape record it. We want to <laughs> film it for the photo marketing association. Oh my gosh, this is a cool party. So they, they send so in a they whole start crew. showing up. What are you thinking? Like, Oh my God, we're making waves. I'm thinking we're onto something. I'm thinking we're onto something and I'm thinking this is fun. And I never, I always felt that it was a huge honor and I, I always felt Matt and I still do. And people always question me because I was involved in meetings um, at levels where there were um, influential people at big companies sitting in on these meetings, these groups. Mm -hmm. And I was an open book. I always felt like it was my responsibility to share what I learned with my colleagues in order to make the industry as a whole better right. and bigger. Because I knew that independents who were giving great service would end up getting their piece of that pie, whatever that pie was. Right. So if I could do things to further the photo industry in general. Right, whether, whether it's a it was, place in San, what, yeah. San, San Gabriel or Santa whether Monica. It was even Walmart or Costco. Right. We were going to get our share of that business. So if I taught the photo industry about printing on metal and it turned into a wildly successful product and the manufacturers that sold us the metal blanks were selling lots and lots and lots of metal and Costco then decided to sell metal. If, but if I could do that, I knew that the independents were gonna get their fair share mm -hmm. of that product. And I always felt it was responsibility and lots of my colleagues would say, why are you sharing so openly, Gabby? You know, people are gonna take your ideas. And I always looked at it as a positive as opposed to a negative. I wasn't so concerned about my own success because I knew it was going to be there if the industry was successful. So I, that was my biggest um, sort of motivating factor. When we, um, we started our girls' night out and then we started, I started something called Celebrate, Create, Donate. Yes, I, that's right. Yeah, and I ended up winning like this big prize. It was $25,000 for the most innovative way to, innovative marketing campaign around photo gifting. It was, wow. it was, yeah, it was in 2009 and the, prior to me being very involved in the Photo Marketing Association, but the last year they had this contest, they said, what's, your, what's the most innovative or what's your marketing strategy around photo gifting and how did how does that lead to success in that arena and we had started this um, event in our little click cafe where we had all these kiosks so I kind of I talked to HP into giving me some extra kiosks and we had a, <laughs> a room full at one point we yep. had 10 kiosks yeah and I people love to come in and make creative products and they like to do it as a group. So we offered, we had celebrate, create, donate parties where people were coming into the business, they were building their products and we were donating back to their charity a portion of the sales. And um, I took that online and I thought, okay, this is way before Amazon Smile. This is before right. social gifting and giving was a thing. Sure. It, was, it was in 2010. And we had um, a website that you could go to and you could have fundraisers through. So schools 
would have holiday card fundraisers. They direct their parents to the site. On checkout, they choose their charity, so they choose their school, and automatically 20% of the sale went to the parents. And we had marketing materials built in. We figured out that parents, because I was one, right. they didn't want to be go, walking around, going door to door, having their kids go door to door, you know, selling <laughs> wrapping paper. Nobody wants that. Or whatever. And it needed to be like this seamless charitable giving that took a lot of the effort um, away from the PTAs. All they had to do was get the word out to their school that this was being offered. We had posters built in that they could print at school and put around school. We had all the marketing materials for whoever was joining in. Yeah, it was a cool concept. And I beat Shutterfly. (laughs) And... I beat a company out of Canada, um, and it was it was one of the most exciting times. And I thought of that entire idea while I was swimming. While your head was down. While my head was down, and I was just doing my laps, and I'm like, I've got it. This is going to be cool. And today I think about it because it's such a part of people's business models today to be socially conscious, conscious yeah. and to give back. And so many organizations do that. And we were doing it before it was even cool to well, do it. <laughs> I thought that was great. And I remember stumbling in on one of the ladies' nights, mm, right? Mm-hmm. I was picking up film later, dropping off, and I felt like walking into a bachelorette party. It was just everybody's happy and giddy. Yeah, we were drinking, of course. Cars and one guy walks in, and it was just kind of like, oh, boy. Walking through the meat locker. Just, here to get film, ladies. And, but it was great because you were actually setting a tone for these women to actually bond, talk, yeah. get them interested in photography. Don't be afraid of the camera. Learn a little bit from each other. I mean, that's what yeah. photography is. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And I look back and think about all the fond memories. And, you know, luckily I was fortunate enough that we weren't necessarily dependent on my income, you know, and so we could, I could, um, yeah, but you didn't want to be the black hole. I didn't want to be the black hole. Right, you didn't want him to be like, sweetheart, at some point, you know, <laughs> you I, I like my kidneys, we can't donate them. <laughs> we were, you know what, Because I, I, I put all three of my kids through college without college debt because right. of Fullerton Photo. And that, to me, is the, one of the biggest accomplishments that that business afforded our family. So it was awesome. I mean, that's that was great. awesome. And But that's your determination to make that happen because it could have gone sideways on you, right? Yeah, it could have gone sideways so many times. I mean, it, it got a little exhausting reinventing and reinventing and reinventing and reinventing because every time there was a new technology, not only did we have to figure out what that meant for photo, but we also had to be the, um, the tech we had to be the tech help sure. for our clients. And as our clients and as our population was aging, we were the resource. We were the place people would come and right. they would hand us their phone and say, my sister texted me a picture, but I think it's in my email too. I just want to make a four by six of it. Can you get it off my phone? And if you think of the math and <laughs> you think right. of the time value equation, as that started to happen more and more and more, it became a challenge for us to be able to charge for our expertise. Even though 
many of our clients would have generously offered that. We were always just the go-to place and our business used to be transactional. And now here you are in this service-oriented world where it was a, a time um, equation where we right. had to spend lots and lots of time with our customers, helping them to ultimately have a photo in their hand. Right. You know, and then there's the whole generation because it kids. used to be, I give you a roll, you give me a ticket. Exactly. I come back, I give you the ticket, you give me the film. Yep. Nice to see you. Goodbye. That's it. Now it's a whole conversation right. about how to do it. Or find it. It's in here somewhere. Somewhere and over and, and over and over again. And then I'll email, and it, to, yeah, and and I'll email it, it to you. And I'll it, FTP it and then I can't work your site. And, yeah. And well, building the website. Well, let's talk about that. So oh when did gosh. you decide we need a website? Because. Yeah. Pre nineteen ninety whatever. Yeah, nope, nobody had nobody, no, had a website. nobody even had a domain. And um, I need to say a big thank you to Davis Barber. He bought FullertonPhoto.com for Chris Beard back in nineteen ninety nine, and he gifted it to me he in did. like two thousand and one or two for Chris. Yeah, and he said, Gabby, I have this domain. Someday you're going to want to do something with it. I'm giving it to you, and it was. Amazing. I mean, I needed that domain right. to be who we were. So. Otherwise, you've been Fullerton Photo fun, Funplace.com. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> .net. Yeah. yeah. Place for the ladies. <laughs> Place for the ladies. So, so what, I mean, what was your thought? When did, you, when did you think I need to pull the trigger on this? Yeah. So probably around 2005. So now I'm involved, five, six, I'm involved in an independent photo group and I'm going to trade shows and I'm hearing what's coming and I'm learning about what's available. Are you scared? Um, I didn't know enough to be scared. I was excited and passionate Okay. and I didn't, um, I always figured out a way like if there's something that I want to make and I think will be a great product to sell. I just figured it out and maybe we didn't do it the right way, but we, our product offering was huge because we're like, okay, well, why can't we do this? And so somebody say, you know, you need to buy a wide format printer. Okay, great. And how wide is wide? Do you ask that question? I know. I'm like, what do I need? Okay, you need a 44 inch printer. Okay, I'll buy one. Oh, you, you know what, Gabby? If you want to do this, you need a sublimation press. Okay, what's that? Okay, I'm going to buy one. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to start pressing things. I'm going to see what it looks like. I mean, we invented the photo scarf. I literally, I was trying to put some quote unquote signage at Fullerton Photo and I thought it would be really pretty to have fabric panels that, that said what our services were. Okay. So somebody told me that as long as fabric had polyester in it, you could press it on your heat press. So at that point I had a heat press because we were into metal. We were selling metal and every day I was raising the price of metal because people would come in and they go, oh, what is that up there on your wall? It's beautiful. In 2010, somebody said, you have so many great things. You need to remodel your store. It was one of my colleagues. Right. You need to show the world all the beautiful things. This is not just a photo lab. This is a photo boutique. It's a design that center. That place was constantly changing. Yeah. So we knocked walls down and right. we made it even more gorgeous. And PMA was in Anaheim that year. And busloads of people came down Harbor Boulevard to see Fullerton Photo. Busloads. No way. Yeah. Like probably... A hundred people, a hundred different people came to Fullerton Photo to see what... You were like an outlet in the desert. People <laughs> got, just showed up I got, and bus loads. I got letters from my colleagues saying the entire world is talking about 
making their store look like yours. It's so gorgeous. But I wanted to have these fabric panels saying, giving our list of our services. So I remember going to buy fabric and figuring out how to press it. But our press was too small to do like the word um, Christmas cards okay. in one press. So like we were doing C-H-R-I-S. And the re- you know, we had to do it in sections because our press was only 16 inches. But we made these gorgeous fabric panels. And when I was chopping one off on my paper cutter, because I didn't have anything to cut fabric, and I was cutting it on our giant paper cutter, a piece of material fell on the floor. And I literally looked down on the floor. I remember the day and I said, holy shit, I have a scarf. Let's put people's pictures on scarves. And so that became the photo scarf. I'm, I'm not kidding. Then we did, we cut, we were trimming off metal and we figured out how to roll a piece of metal to make cuff bracelets. So then we had metal I cuff remember, bracelets. Yeah. We sold tons of those. So it was fun. I mean, I got excited. You can hear it in my voice. Oh, like, yeah. It was so fun. And people started doing the things that we, we were doing. And that to me was... That made me feel successful no matter what my book said. Right. You know, I, I was getting a l- lot of attention. Um, we, you I was were being making asked a to dent speak. in an industry that was dull. Thank you. It was beige. Thank you. It was a simple cubicle beige <laughs> kind of world until Thank you, you tossed it upside down and said, let's make something of it. Let's make something of it. And so it's we became fun, we right? became the photo design center because everybody was coming in and it was a project. It was either a project for their kids' graduation or it was a project for a, a funeral. Like we became very sensitive to the kinds of things that people would purchase photos around and the kinds of projects that people needed to do so whether it was building slideshows or making beautiful canvases or collages for you know to honor somebody in their family that had passed I mean we got really good at that to the point that um, we were sought after for that and people were coming I mean Costco knew we did that and they referred us you know oh god you got to go to Fullerton Photo they'll help you through your whole project that kind of a thing so we loved it, and it was a great business um, for a long time. And then it became one of these, you know, I could only reinvent it so many times. And I was so passionate about making sure that we had a business and that I took care of my people that I started to look for other opportunities that I could leverage. Well, but there's somebody that comes along in 07. Does this kind of scare you, the iPhone? Um you know, Matt, we took it in stride. It total. It scared me more looking back on what happened when I was trying to figure out what happened to the photo industry, and I needed to put it um, have some um, understanding of what was gonna what was happening not only to me but to the entire industry. And that's when I looked back in ten, eleven, twelve and started to say, okay, the iPhone in 2007 changes everything because now everyone has a camera in their pocket. Right. Okay, so that changes everything. So that's one thing. And then the way people share their images. So no longer do people require or, or wish to have a printed photo with them. They are thrilled to be sharing their screen. Right. They're thrilled to be posting online and having other people understand their life and their family. I know, and, could you ever have believed that? No. And it was it was devastating from the sense of knowing what it's like for little kids to look through a box of photos and understand their place in the world by touching and feeling and handling a real photo. I mean, I get teary-eyed even now right. thinking about my grandkids 
um, because there's something to be said for that identity for their to, for for their understanding of who they are in relation to their family, the places that they've been, and and I knew. Um, just from my own personal experience, how much my kids just loved boxes of photos. Right. And they didn't even need to be in an album. It just, it was, in a a, box. it was just an amazing, fun um, experience. And so I knew that that was going to disappear and it was going to be really sad. And for a long time, there were a lot of people like me that said, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in 50 years when there's no old photos? And, you know, the industry went hard on a print campaign for that very reason. They brought in um, sociologists and psychologists to say, you know what? The generation of kids that grow up without printed photos are gonna have self-esteem issues. There's gonna be some serious ramifications from this. And um, we were so passionate about it, but the industry at that point didn't have enough money anymore. You know, when, when Canon decided to sell their cameras to the consumer, and um, people decided that they didn't need uh, the camera store. They were going to go direct to the manufacturer. Right. It and they were changes making, everything. And they were making those little box printers now. You can make oh, them at your print house. It, print at home. Yeah, print at home. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, all of that came into play. And all of that started to have this compounding effect um, on our business. And the thing was, and that people still love photos. They do. Like, I mean, it's a great business because people are so delighted. And that was always our goal is to delight and inspire people. And they were so delighted when they, you know, you'd open that envelope and you'd see what was in there. Right. You know, it was so fun, magical, really. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys, all of you sat at that counter at one point when someone would, you would give them the envelope and they would open it up and it was a, honeymoon or a wedding or a baby shower or just a simple trip to Yellowstone, whatever. And they would flip through it and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I always found interesting and I still do this. Like I went to, uh, a friend had a birthday party and I take my film camera. Yeah. He's not going to see that photo until I get it printed and it might be six months. Right. But I always loved finding the, the 34, 35, 36 and you forgot what the, oh my God, that's what we dressed up for Halloween in 97 yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah. Those are the great ones now. Yeah. Because just think about that. Like that's a moment in time that's captured and the emotion and that moment comes back to you, but it's only inspired by that picture, you know? Right. And it's just, you could get emotional over it now talking about it because I feel, I still feel how powerful the power of print Oh yeah, but we've had to also say, okay, we're a business. How do we leverage what we know and what we love, and turn it into something else? And in 2015, I was at a photo meeting, where my colleague, who was at that time leading the group, said, "You know what? As we're all researching interesting um, transitional businesses, interesting ways to move our business besides just closing it." Um, he said, I connected with Fast Signs, and they actually are targeting print shops and the photo industry because they also know what's going on in our world. And so he brought in um, the second um, guy in command of Fast Signs to our meeting in Mobile, Alabama. And you should have seen all my friends checking out their zip codes to see if um, franchise was available in their area. Um, 
so it was interesting because I didn't go into the fast science piece of this looking to buy a franchise at all. I have no idea. Have you even heard of it before? Um, I'd seen it. Okay. I'd actually seen the location on on Imperial that's now ours. Right. Um, But did you have any idea what it was? No, I figured they made banners. Right. You know, I figured they made banners. Open, Um, closed. Yeah. Business signs, whatever. Business signs. Nothing Um, sexy. Not at all. Just basically a lot like the photo lab was. Right. <laughs> you know, a lot like the photo right. lab was. A 1988 photo lab. Yep. And a transactional business that somehow catered to the B2B space in ter- instead of the B2C space. Um, as I started to look a little deeper, though, and realized that, you know, the things that we learn through photo and the things that we love through photo, we could leverage in a bigger way and could so work to our advantage with a new company. Um, and it was, it was exciting to think about because not knowing anything about the franchise world other than that there was going to be some support there. So I wasn't going to be on my own with dumping ice (laughs) into the chemistry. Um, it's a, it's a good and a bad thing for me because when you're an independent business owner, such as yourself, Matt, you sometimes just figure it out. So you're not asking maybe the questions that somebody comes into this looking for support. Like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, and I'll figure it out. I'll figure out everything if I have to. I've done it before. (laughs) But I I looked at the business model. um, um, There were some very impressive statistics around this particular franchise. What sparked it for you? Um, What, What did you see that went, ooh? Well... If you're just listening in on a presentation and you're thinking, okay, you're sending files to print. I check. I know how to do that. Right. You're working with businesses who, on average, spend, let's just say, $500 on their order instead of 5 or $50 on their order. You're working in a business that is a B2B business, so inherently the hours are Monday through Friday. You're not in a retail business. You're in now a business that deals with businesses, so you're working... Monday through Friday, maybe eight to five, mm-hmm. nine to six, something like that. Right. Um, there's an owner's discretionary profit that the franchise talks about that is um, an average of what the 700 at that time Fast Science franchisees see and okay. make. Um, there's support from top to bottom in terms of equipment vetting and structure. So, hey, here's a list of things that you need to have. And here's kind of the things that you're going to probably sell. And here's some software that's going to help you do that. And come to our training for a couple of weeks. And you'll learn a little bit about signs. <laughs> and if you're, a, if you're a photo retailer that's still around in 2015, 2016, 2017, you're going <laughs> to... This is going to feel easy. Right. This is going to feel simple. Um, did you feel an immediate kind of like understanding, like I could do this? Oh, I did. In, in a second, I did. I checked my zip code at that meeting too, and Fullerton was available. And I started to think, okay, How did your stomach feel compared to talking with Chris 15 years earlier? My stomach felt so much better. My, I mean, I... I knew a little bit more about business. I knew a lot more you about people. You knew a people. lot more about business <laughs> knew, 15 years later. I knew a lot more about people. I knew that, you know, my goal of um, making sure I took care of my people 
um, could be accomplished by switching gears a little bit. And I thought it was going to be fun. And I thought, you know what? I, I don't want to do this hard, hard, hard work forever. And I'm really seriously would like to have a different quality of life. And I did see this opportunity as all of that. Of course, there were going to be challenges, sure. but the things that we'd come up against, like nothing really scared me. Um, and because we were already um, had some of the equipment, the first thing I did actually is I kind of talked fast signs into letting me <laughs> do it a little differently. <laughs> but they didn't know me, Matt, at all. So when I said, right, you're just, I'm just another person that's yeah. interested in fast signs. And when at they, a convention, right? Yeah, right whatever. at a meeting. And they came out to look at Fullerton Photo, and you've been in that space. They were like, well, where are you going to put all the equipment? And I'm like, well, I'm not. I'm just going to, you got to trust me here. I'm going to be a selling center. Because you used every inch of that space. Every inch of that space. You'd have to blow out the mortuary to get any bigger. <laughs> and we, um, and they said no to me at first. They said, we really like you, but no, you, our business model includes buying this set of equipment, mm -hmm. producing things in-house because you're not going to make the margin on it if you don't. Like our model's not going to work for you. So I took no for an answer for a few months and then I became the president of the group that invited Fast Signs, and I invited them again to right. come to the now, meeting. Yeah, so <laughs> don't pass that over. You become the first female president. Yeah, I was in the ninety-one, ninety-two. No, no, this is two. This no, is no, two thousand. History of the organization oh, in ninety-three years. Ninety-three years. Yeah, in ninety, it was an old boys club. So you think Fullerton Photo was the Photo Marketing Association was an unbelievable boys club. Um, they had no woman on their sports jackets and cigarettes oh my and gosh. just guys, just guys, <laughs> and a lot of booze. They had <laughs> they, the long comes you. The long comes Keep me. Keep the booze in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they, um, so I was elected to the the board, and I was the first woman on their board, which I really didn't even realize. It didn't even dawn on me. And then one day they start talking about Gabby. You're gonna, you know, we're gonna elect you president, and it was a difficult time for me because I knew where the industry was headed and I had was the, that a good thing though to put someone with great vision in charge of maybe the path of a future that looks a little rocky I um because if they put you in 10 years early and everything's smooth sailing all you would have really given them is maybe some ideas but sometimes you need a better captain when things are going to get rocky yeah and we and I ended up hiring an amazing um, CEO okay. and she and I, and she had, um, an amazing career, both with Fuji and with selling a company to Fuji. And, um, she had that, you know, executive level, um, presence that maybe commanded more, but I, I commanded a lot of respect, but I was just one independent business owner. Um, Georgia, ran with the big dogs for her whole career. And um, so it was a really good fit. And okay. we thought we could save the industry. We thought we, we really thought we could, but you know, the revenues of that organization were basically derived from a convention. And 2010, the convention started to go south when the big camera manufacturer said, we no longer need to be selling on a convention floor. We're going to go direct to the consumer. So Canon pulled out. So we had seen the writing on the wall for many years. And at the point that we took over, P 
PMA's only option was to partner with CES and basically get lost in that maze oh. of the consumer electronics industry. So we tried. We tried really hard. And I feel like we were put there to close the organization with a lot of grace, a lot of dignity, preserve the pensions for all of the employees, figure out a way to do that, which was our biggest accomplishment, and um, leave it on a, a positive note instead of something that could have been just so sad and so detrimental to so many people. Right. So it was tough. Like, it was such a huge honor. And that same year, the Photo Manufacturers and Distributors Association gave me this award that only went to manufacturers and distributors. And here I was getting the Innovator of the Year Award, standing next to the president of Fuji of Japan, in, from Japan, that was getting another award. Um, and that same year was the year that I was elected PMA president. And I, I just think that we were able to do it with a lot of grace and dignity and um, do it the right way. So I, I think of it as an accomplishment, but it wasn't the kind of accomplishment that I wish I could have had for that group. Sure. So, so that was the PM, that was the PMA story, but I still get to say I was the first woman president in, in a 93 year old organization that I have That's to say I was the last, <laughs> Oops, and I was the last. But president. it's all right. You got to, at least if, if you're going to have someone, you know, help it put it to rest because it was over. It was already over right. when I took over, you know, and I just, um, I, I needed to help make sure that you it was know, done right. It was done right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it helped you. It did. It did. And I, um, and I'm grateful for that experience. Everything that happened, you know how that is, Matt, right. like there's reasons for things. And, um, I feel, we feel so grateful not only to have, um, transitioned our business to be able to include Fullerton Photo in all of this that we're doing now, but take everything that we knew and leverage it to a much bigger stage and a much bigger platform and be so excited about it and be so confident to say to, uh, you know, a big business, because we have a lot of big businesses, to the Walmart distribution centers of the world, let us transform your distribution center and make it a beautiful space because we're right. experts in interior decor. You have you have a new training room? I'm your girl. And, right. and we say it with confidence and send them the private catalog and we're off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> well, where did you finally get together with Fast Signs and get that second approach and to get them to be like, okay, listen, so I could do this. In early 2016, I hosted my own meeting as president of this group called the Buck Rogers Group. Why, why the Buck Rogers okay, Group? Okay, so the Buck Rogers Group was started in the 20s, and the rumor has it in the 20s. that George Eastman and a couple of his buddies, a couple of, uh, that were a couple guys that basically were chemical manufacturers, got together in private to share secrets uh, around photochemistry. Interesting. And they called themselves, you know, people were going, well, who do you guys think you are? And somewhere out in the, you know, audience of all these guys smoking cigars, some guy <laughs> says, oh, look at them over there. They think they're so smart. They're the Buck, Ro they're the Buck Rogers group. That's where that name came from. Huh. So, again, first woman president, not first woman, one of my dear friends from New Orleans was the first woman invited into the group, but okay. invited and a whole thing with a handshake and a song. I mean, you talk about an old boys club. I mean, this truly was. But anyways, at 2016, I was the president or the, 
yeah, the chairman of the Buck Rogers group. And I got okay. to host a meeting for my friends. So I take everybody to San Luis Obispo and we're on the water at the oh, Hotel well, here in, in Avila Beach. The Central oh Coast. yeah, work in the Central Coast. And um, <laughs> I've been by Fast Signs and they offered to sponsor the group again because they'd had such success with um, several of my colleagues okay. buying Fast Signs. And um, I say to the guy there, I said, look, we need to talk to Mark again because I'm really serious this time. Like I want to buy a fast signs, figure out how to sell me one. So a year later, they maybe knew a little bit more about me. I don't know. They let me open in 150 square feet in a selling what was center. Their, what was their, what would they want as their minimum? Oh my gosh. They would want minimum 1500, like a little, originally they wanted you in a strip mall. Okay. You know, some visibility, um, decent kind of location like that. You have to remember their model changed too. So from being a transactional business where they were accepting orders over the counter for soccer banners, you know, mm -hmm. and decals for your motorcycle helmet right. to um, a business where we are 95% a consultative business where if you're looking for interior decor or building signage, exterior building signage or floor deep graphics, you know, to get you through COVID or you're right. looking for um, anything in between and that soccer banner, uh -huh. you know, we're the place. And so their models evolved, but they do have a plan. And the plan was, you know, you have a 1500 square foot building, you put in this printer and this plotter and you need this graphic designer, you know, or graphic layout artists. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of the minimal requirements. And it's a 200, say $200,000 buy-in for a, a new center. They were looking at photo and print shops as co-brands. Okay. So it was an affordable opportunity to buy a franchise as a co-brand. Um, you still had to put the equipment in okay. and figure that piece out, but we were smart enough to know that we could sell it no problem and we'd figure out the rest. And now, now this time around, <laughs> yeah. how much research did you do? I did a ton of research this you time around. You kicked the tires yeah. more than before. I kicked the tires. I also felt so good about leveraging what we knew. So okay. that was 50% of it. So being 16 years wiser. Yep. Paid off. It paid off. It paid off. And you know what else paid off, Matt, is being able to then, a year later, look at the business, look at who was coming into the business, look at who's buying the franchises, mm -hmm. and figuring out that um, it's there's a few things that make it tick and make it run really well. And if you could check off those boxes, um, you could have a very successful business in a short amount of time. Okay. And by that, I mean, you need somebody working with you that's a great communicator. You probably would be better even having <laughs> a young person that grew up digitally that could um, talk on the phone well, but that could write a great email, that could enter data really quickly, and that could learn to use software to their advantage. And so I saw when I watched, and I really think this is key because um, I think it will make a lot of people successful if they can figure this piece out. I saw people that were tired of their careers. So they were in their, let's just say mid forties. They maybe were CPAs or MBAs or um, marketing executives or even attorneys that said, I've had it working for the man. Okay. I have a little bit of money saved. 
I can understand how this business model works and I, and I understand numbers a little bit and I'm going to make the right moves with the people that I hire and I'm going to um, maybe in the beginning work in my business and learn it so I'm not held hostage by who's working with me. But um, I could see, I had like that swimming vision again that my daughter who was in the events world putting together C-suite level events for Quicken Loans and working 100 hours a week for a really great salary. Right. Okay, but working, you know, crazy. Crazy hours. Could project manage, which is all sign um, projects are. Mm -hmm. It's a budget that you're working with. It's some details you have to pay attention to. Right. Um, You have to deliver the product on time. Hit your time. right? Right. And then you're on to the next one. Yep. And, and if maybe you're, juggle two or three at a I time. I was going right. to say, and multitask and yep. juggle maybe 10 at a time. If you're that person, you are a great... Asset to... Huge asset. Okay. And then, so when I talked to my daughter about it and I said to her, I said, I see this business model being something in your wheelhouse, something that you could do that would change your life in terms of work-life balance. You'd have fun at it. All your skills are transferable. And one day it could be yours. And probably less than 10 years, you're going to be able to have the quality of life, whether that means we take every Friday off. Right. Whatever. We decide is our unreasonable goal. Whatever. Right, sure. You know, and... She thought about it for a little bit because I could see these young people coming in and I thought, oh my gosh, they're checking all the boxes and they understand how this business works and they're saying, I'm trading out my other life for a better potential quality of life. She calls me up one day. She's in Michigan. (laughs) My son-in-law, they weren't married then. He was just finishing his master's program in data analytics and she said, okay, here's the deal, mom. You either take both of us or you get neither of us. And I'm thinking... Okay, holy shit. It's either going to be the best, the best investment I make, Matt, right? And I got to figure out how to make that investment. Or they're going to break up. Or they're going to break up. <laughs> or I'm never, I'm not going to get what I think is going to be like this amazing outcome. And of course. You're going to lose your photo assistant. I'm going to lose my photo assistant. And um, oh. anyways, it. I said, okay, you got a deal. And watching them work now. And coming through the pandemic and making a lot of changes that year and figuring out, you know, them figuring out their strengths and us figuring out the family dynamics of all of it. Because I also, we bought another Fast Signs in there. Right. And I basically bought my husband a job. (laughs) (laughs) Before we had the kids. I'm like, you need a better quality of life. You've got to get out of the grocery business. That he just—that's his only job he's been in. He uh, eight-year stint in um, the home improvement world okay. at Lowe's, okay, running a big, several big Lowe's, but basically in management, you know, either grocery or home improvement and retail, and it's a grind. It's a grind. Sure. And when you're 60 years old, like you, you don't need that kind of nonsense, no. and you don't need to put up with people. I mean, you just so you want to be in control. We bought Brea. Um, so the, the Brea that story a, is that funny. was established, right? It was established. It's a 22-year-old Fast Signs. But literally three weeks being opened as Fast Signs of Fullerton, inside of Fullerton Photo as a co-brand, the owner of Brea comes knocking on the door. And he's like, Gabby, I've done my research. Like you, Matt. I've done my research on you. I've done my homework. You have to buy Brea. And I look at him and I'm like, 
Are you smoking crack? Like, literally, I don't know anything about science. Nothing about science. I'm two weeks into this I'm, one. You want, I don't, you want me? And he's like, oh, no, you, you have to. And I started thinking. Did he come from Jack in the Box? Is he trying to sell you ice? <laughs> he drove over from yeah. Jack in the Box. He, I, I was thinking, well, huh, when would you ever to be able to have two franchises in territories that touch? So, yes. mind you, because they sell you an area, even though we can sell anywhere. That model is a territory. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that is kind of all of North Orange County. Wouldn't that be nice? And huh, I wonder how much business they're doing and all of that. And so we entered into discussions in November of that year. I had two fast signs. So in, in a year, we bought one and then we bought a second one. And you got a daughter to come home. And uh, then she came home after that. Right. And we bought a, then we bought a building. So... Why do you decide we've got to expand? Well, good question, Matt. (laughs) So here we are in 150 square feet, and I'm outsourcing all the production of every sign we ever made at Fast Signs of Fullerton. And I know it's not the business model, but I'm just looking at gross sales, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. We just did, out of 150 square feet, half of the volume of Fullerton photo in our first year. And And in our second year... We did more than the volume of all of Fullerton photo in 150 square feet. So now, the, how and how rapidly, let's say from 2010 to 2016, is Fullerton photos growth going down because um, of sales? Of, yeah, and so nothing you can control. It's, it's not your fault. 2015 is is our best year actually. Okay. Okay, but then from 15 to 20, then it starts to decline. Right. And pretty rapidly okay. to where we are at half of our less than half of our volume of our highest year. Yeah. But it's so insignificant, it doesn't even matter right, now. Right, Because we also went from zero to over a million and a half. Right, you went the other way with the other business. <laughs> yeah, a lot in, and more. Right. But we proved a lot of things to ourselves with the other business, and we really figured out our strengths, and we figured out what we could do with technology, and we figured out how to be efficient. And so in buying um, Fast Signs of Brea, we were looking at buying it for as a production facility because it was that 1,500-square-foot location. With It was the blueprint of what yep, they wanted, right? It was what they wanted, you know, albeit... There was a refrigerator in the lobby. It shouldn't have been there, but I mean, weird stuff like that. But you know, we could change that. We could change it. So we um, we bought it. We remodeled it just a little bit, and then we started to realize um, in 2020. So 2016, the end of 2016, we opened up Fast Signs at Fullerton. Okay. The end of 2017, we uh, we become the owners of Fast Sign of Fast Signs of Brea. Okay. The end of 2018, my kids agree to come back and they they show up January 1st of 2019. The end of 2019, we realize, okay, in 2020, our leases are gonna be up in both locations. Let's figure out what we're gonna do. And we were on a pretty pricey corner in downtown Fullerton. Oh yeah. And the rent kept going up and the space was, um, you know, we had done everything we could have possibly done to make that a neat space. But it wasn't conducive for sign making, for sure. It was never going to turn into uh, fast signs. And our business was gearing more and more towards fast signs. And we just started thinking, gee, the ultimate goal of a business owner is to own the real estate. Yeah. Always. And if that could be us, how grateful would we be? And maybe how smart would that turn out to be for us? So we knocked on a few doors and we knocked on this door. And um, the woman said, oh, my gosh. 
you were meant to knock on my door. Yes, I'll sell this to you. Wasn't on the market. Never once even, it wasn't for sale. She said, my husband just got a new lease on life and his cancer diagnosis has been reversed and we want to live our life and we want to retire. Yes, we'll sell this building to you. And that's how it happened. Wow. So we buy this building and the end of 2019, we gut it. We're so excited about it. We gut it. And we move in March 1st. We're out of our other leases. We move in March 1st of 2020. And then March 15th rolls around and we have to make some really, really tough decisions with our team because we had, at that point, um, 11 people working for us. So let's, what's, what's January 20, January, or February 20, 20, March 20, when you're doing those three months, when you're hearing this word COVID, something's going on as a business person. Are, yeah. are you keeping an ear to that? Oh, like, yeah. What's going on? Oh, what are yeah. they talking about? So the world's kind of talking about some kind of a virus that's headed our way. Right. Um, we like were bad mail. It's, we don't yeah, know what's coming. We, we don't know what's coming. And the, the world started to feel a little different. We were celebrating Caitlin's birthday in Newport Beach, and we were on a scavenger hunt in Newport. Okay. And we're at a restaurant that's hosting this thing, and we have to go out around Newport Beach at the pier and all these places to find these clues. And we're divided up into teams, and we're thinking the whole day I can remember we're talking about this is weird. Like, there's no people around here. What month is this? This is March. This is March 10th. Oh. This is March 10th. And we're thinking, what's going on? Why is the community so quiet? Like, nobody in the rent. We come back, and we decide to eat, you know? And uh-huh. we, we just, it was this strange, weird, calm, but strange, like, where is everybody and what's happening out there? And as a business owner, you know, you're thinking about, your livelihood, your family's livelihood, um, what's happening to everybody's businesses around you, how are we going to support the, you know, a a few weeks later, we started to think about how we were going to support those other businesses. But um, we were definitely in this gray area of let's take care of our employees. Let's have some serious discussion about and be very transparent and honest up front about what we're thinking because we certainly didn't know what was coming but we needed to say to everybody look um this could change everything and we're just gonna do what we think is best for the business first and to protect the business to protect our family and to protect you and your families and so we we there were a lot of sleepless nights trying to decide, you know, how are we going to help people and what are we going to do to um, make sure that we've protected ourselves as well. And the first uh, move that we made, we cut everybody's hours to 30 hours a week. And we said, you know what, we're going to do this for a week and we're going to see what happens on Friday. And, you know, because we were trying to learn from both fast signs and what other people, what other of our colleagues were doing, but also the world and every, there was so much uncertainty, Matt. And we were so, know. you know, was such a weird month of it was, March and March seemed to go on for an entire year. Yeah. Like it had 72 hours in a day. Every day. It just <laughs> went day. on and on every and day. On. Yeah. yeah. And we've, we ultimately made the tough decision and we let five people go. Um, we were, we wanted to make sure that they were going to be getting their you know, unemployment and their full benefits. Right. And um, we helped with that because we, we certainly didn't know whether we were going to have any work for anybody. Right. And for that entire month, 
We really didn't. Um, nobody was doing anything. Because remember, it was two weeks to flatten the curve, oh, but that wasn't until April. And so March right. was like a drag. And March just kept on, I mean, it, little things, but everybody literally, businesses stopped buying. Right. And nobody and had good information. No. and Between the city, the county, oh, health. No, no, no one knew what no, to do. No. And I can say that at that time, Fast Signs has an amazing leadership team. And Catherine Munson is the CEO of Fast Signs and now of this Propel Brands um, also. And she's also the president of the International Franchise Association. And she's really proactive. And they, they took the position of trying to get us the most information they could so that we could operate as essential businesses. Because what the state was saying at the time was if you're servicing other businesses that need to stay open then you're deemed an essential business. So we were able to put credentials on file in case we were approached by anybody because there was a big shutdown. I mean, they wanted right. everything to be closed. Yes, they and, were, it, was, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Um, we never, Dark streets, nobody oh, yeah, was out. Nobody was out and yeah. we were in our own little bubble. Um, you wouldn't walk near people. No, 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 no. Because no. it was pre-mask. It was just like, oh, uh, God. Yeah, where is everybody's it? Everybody's got cooties. All the cleanliness <laughs> and all of those things we took really seriously. But our graphic designers always worked remote for us. He's in Chicago. Okay. So that was still happening when we needed it. Um, we had bought technology that got wheeled into this machine, this um, building um, when we basically moved here. So it was on hold at our vendor's location until we bought this building. So we brought two brand new pieces of equipment that also made us more efficient okay. and allowed us to do things that we never could do before. Um, and we trained on those. So it was all happening right around the same time. Um, so people, the people that were here, and it was family, um, were learning new skills and taking care of the little amount, of, the small amount of business that was coming in. But at the same time, in the background, Fast Signs, the brand, was doing something they'd never done, which was design and produce um, templated artwork that could be useful in businesses that were either trying to stay open. So they were doing the artwork for these COVID posters. Okay. They were six doing the apart, six feet apart, mask, all of that social, stuff. And so they were actually doing they were, templated they were art actually, for the very first time in their history it to you guys and providing it to all of us. So it That's turned, big vision. it was huge. It was huge. It was, and it turned out to be really, um, so beneficial and, and very future thinking, um, in, in ways that we were able to leverage. So they did this and we were able to say, Hey, we have a COVID related signage packet. Let us send you our flip book. And so that started to gain traction in the next month or so. Right. And everybody started, everybody started looking for that. And right. then by we, end of April, May, so that stuff was everywhere. Yeah. And we, you know, because I try to think outside the box and leverage some of our relationships. I went to Fast Signs. I said, what are you guys doing about schools? How are we going to help the schools reopen? Well, they said, oh my gosh, Gabby, we haven't even gotten to schools. Like we're at, we're at hospitals. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. And so we put together um, around the same time, um, the risk manager at the Fullerton School District, who I've had a longstanding relationship with, mm -hmm. connected with me and said, you know what? Dr. Pletka is a forward-thinking guy, and we want to be out in front of this, and we would love to have you in on some of our very early meetings to help us get ready to go back to school. 
and whatever that looks like. And so it was interesting because this was in April and Caitlin and I joined them at some of their very early meetings saying, look, we know about materials. We know what, you know, what you guys are going to need. We're going to send you some ideas and we're going to tweak it to the elementary student so that it looks fun and approachable. And here's the kinds of things we think that you're going to need a tent and you're going to need, you know, floor graphics galore. And we got, you know, we were, um, there were people on the team that weren't sure that we knew what we were talking about. Well, are you sure that's going to stick to the, the sidewalk? What if I have to go down the entire block on Commonwealth? Is this really going to stick? And how long right. are these things going to last? And I mean, we got put through the ringer, but it made us stronger and it, and it made us more confident. And if you wanted the spec sheet, we were going to provide it to you. And we were able to build an entire package around education and getting schools back. And that one job, um, we're so grateful for. It It not only did it help us sell lots of signs to lots of school districts, Brea and Walnut Valley and others, but Fullerton, I take my hat off to them because they were so proactive and so concerned about their kids and their staff and the staff, the students, that of course the teachers, that they they were intentional, Matt, about what they were doing and they were just looking for some help from us and they um, got out in front of it and they opened early and they got their kids back and they had everything set, even to the point that they were making videos. Like they did a trial run on their buses. Just this week, a church in Yorba Linda brought me a picture of Fullerton School District's buses that says, with our signage in it that say, sit here. They wanted it for Calvary um, Church's school bus. <laughs> because, and so it's, been, it's had far-reaching ramifications for us, but we took it upon ourselves to design an entire suite of signage for, for education. And wow. Yeah, so that was, that was what that looked like. But we also learned so many things, and we learned... Um, we didn't want to lose our team, but at the same time, we, we had to do what we needed to do to protect the business. And we haven't hired back, and it's been a year. We were able to leverage what we knew and learn new things and become super efficient operators um, and grow the business at the same time. So it's a different business. We probably most importantly learn that you you can't be afraid of sometimes the decisions that you have to make for for fear of not being who you were because you're going to become somebody else and it's going to take you and test you take you to a place that maybe you 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 never thought you would go but in the end you're going to be stronger and wiser and and more grateful for that for that learning and so we just um This whole tragedy of COVID has just taught us so much. And we feel, I think there's other people in similar positions where you feel grateful to still have your business, but you also feel like you've learned so much that you could weather anything. Right. And you can, and you're so, you're a much better business person. Yeah. What advice would you give now? Somebody's got 20 years under your belt, but you started two businesses. One when you probably shouldn't have. (laughs) Man, how did you know? (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) And one when you should have. What advice would you give to somebody starting out? 
So a couple of things. I mean, you have to take a risk or you're never going to know what you could have been. So that, that to me, that speaks to Fullerton photo that speaks to, this was a huge risk. I didn't even know how huge of a risk it was. <laughs> and so that, that's, you know, the first part, be guided by passion, enjoy the journey and make sure that when you're doing this, you're not just playing for yourself, but you're playing for everybody else around you because you I think you're left with such a great sense of accomplishment and gratitude when you know what you're doing is um, helping other people and it's not just for you. Right. So when you're, you know, putting on your swimsuit to do your laps and be in your own little space, do you think of those battle scars that you've had over the years that make you better now? They kind of run through my mind in this like blip of, oh my gosh, wow, holy shit, <laughs> what just happened? And then it seems like, Matt, if I'm, if I have a, a problem or I have a, a challenge, I'm not even going to call it a problem. I want to, you know, I put a lot of focus on a project, say, in my mind. And the ideas to achieve that, they kind of just come flooding in. And sometimes I even have to get out of the pool and type it into my phone. <laughs> but it's that um, ability to listen to kind of your inner self and ability to just sort of step back from everything. And I get the same feeling now sometimes when I'm walking as well. It, hearing myself think is really inspiring or can be really inspiring. And you also can't rush the process. You know, sometimes you think that, wow, it would be nice if, this would really be nice if, and then you, you for me, now I look back and I go, oh my gosh, the, all of these things have happened. And it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, and I think if you, if you put it out there to the universe, I know it sometimes sounds silly, but... I talk about it a lot with my um, my daughter and with my sister. Um, if you put it out there to the universe and you kind of um, expect goodness and and good things, you do have a chance to realize that more than you think. Right. You really do. So it's just it's been so much fun, and and I love the fact that when I can see something, especially this piece of. Um, my daughter and son-in-law's future. Like to me, there's, there's a legacy that will be carried on, but it also is going to be so, I think, gratifying for them. Like we're, they're already able to feel the changes in their lifestyle mm -hmm. and to sort of chart their path. And I really didn't think that in two years that was going to happen. Right. I really didn't. I mean, I had a 10 year plan in my mind for them and for us, mm -hmm. but I, I just am excited because every day um, we can see how this business is growing. Right. Would you do it over again? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, and the one thing about the photo industry, which I ha haven't quite found yet in the sign industry, is when you have your friends, and you probably know this too, Matt, like people that have lived those battles with you and have gone through the exact same thing, like those are your people. And I feel like I've missed conventions and I've missed getting together. And I don't know how many more photo conventions I'll actually ever go to right. for conferences. And I love that camaraderie. And I'm, I'm doing my best to share what we know with our Fast Signs um, colleagues. And, and I want to be that person. I'm, I'm never that selfish person that holds my ideas to myself. I, I think there's a lot of things that having been 20 years in the photo industry and kind of a newbie in signs that I could help people love to, you know, love to learn about and also make some money sure. with. And I hope I get the opportunity to share it in our sign industry as well. Being in the sign industry, is that kind of like re-energized you a bit? It has, it has, but also being able to look at my business and understand all the financials, like really understand them and pick them apart and go over them line item by line item and go, oh my gosh, this is kind of cool, right. you know, and look at them and go, okay, all right, and and great. And Would you have hired, if you can go back 20 some odd years, would you have hired a version of a CFO when you first were looking at Fullerton Photo to be like, what do you think? No, that was my best friend is a banker. <laughs> and if I would have let her have Fullerton Photos books, she wouldn't said she run, run as on fast. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> run, are you, are, you, are you kidding me? You didn't get the equipment appra appraised? I mean, Matt, right. I bought old equipment. Like sure. I, I bought old equipment. I bought Yeah. I bought a business that operated on one roll of paper. Yeah. And ran to LA to buy more paper when they ran out. I mean, no, I didn't do my due diligence. But would you do it now? I think... Or, or, di or did you... Or timing's of, everything. Well, or is it a bit of an adrenaline junkie you kind of liked being thrown into the deep end? I, I didn't necessarily know I was being thrown into the deep end. So I, Okay, so I was okay. naive about that. I think... The ideas I had about making money as a photographer and owning a photo lab came to fruition. But there were just so many other things that I didn't know. The ideas I had about attracting a woman clientele and, and hosting events and activities that were gonna um, you know, kind of enhance the community and we were gonna become known for things in our industry. All of that stuff, you know, I wouldn't trade. But I needed some more business savvy at the time. Um, you, you got it. Oh, you got it. <laughs> and I had to learn that the hard way. But I, I wouldn't trade all the people I met and all the things I've learned from my colleagues. Like it was an amazing group of photo entrepreneurs that I feel like I took as much from as I gave. And, and I love that. You know, I loved going to meetings and finding out about things that I could then do. And I love to find, I, I love to, oh, you need a tone, you need a toner based printer in here, a, a glorified <laughs> $50,000 copier so you can make photo books and cards and calendars. Okay. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, some of it I could have done without, but I, I loved, I love the um, camaraderie of, smart other smart business people that was 
a great joy of mine. And now I love the fact that I can see this business from the 50,000 foot view. And I know, you know, I know what it looks like and I can go in and tweak little things that make big differences. And, um, it's just really fun to be able to have that much control now where I had none before. Right. You know, what was the last roll of film you took? Oh, yesterday. Oh, not a girl. <laughs> yesterday I took five rolls. Kids love film. Are you kidding me? Matt, these kids, I, I can't tell you how many disposable cameras we take in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. kids, I mean, kids are shooting film. They have no idea. I had to help a girl <laughs> um, load a roll of film into her analog camera too yesterday. Uh, she kept looking but at the back of the camera. She's like, wait, how do you get this thing open again? Oh, I have to, I said, okay. And I didn't really want to touch it, but I did. <laughs> Got to show her. Yeah, yeah. Where are you at in five years? Oh, we're on the central coast. Table stakes for me is ocean view somewhere. <laughs> That's the one thing I have to have. We probably have a fast signs, but I'm not running it, but maybe we have, maybe the kids are running it and we're invested right. in it or something. Um, all my kids want to come back to where they went to college so that we're having lots and lots of frequent visitors. And Great, my, you can watch the grandkids. And watch the grandkids while everybody's doing their thing. And I would love nothing more. And then I'm teaching it. I'm going to, I want to teach at Cal Poly or okay. one of the junior colleges there. I want to teach business, entrepreneurship, guest lecture, whatever. I, f I feel a passion towards that. Both of my parents were teachers. Um, you've got... But I kind of like it. You've got, <laughs> you've got everything you want in a teacher because you've done it. You're not a book person, which drives me nuts. Like, oh, let me explain from A to Z how this works. No. You can say, you want to see battle scars? I know how to run a business. <laughs> and you can show them, this is what you need to do. These are the things I'm going to tell you right now that are going to save you years. They're going to save you failures. Years. They're going to make you more successful. Listen to me. I have a proven track record. Yeah, I really aspire to do that. I love to mentor young people. I, I love to, um, like I said, for me, if I have a new product, the photo world has a new product. You know, I, I feel that. And so, um, damn, you're a special person. Oh, Matt, you are too. Thank you. No, Thanks it's for, true. It's, <laughs> thank you. So anyways, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll be, we'll be on the central coast. We'll have a, just a nice place. I just want to look at the water. That's and great. Then we'll, um, probably, have, I would, I, I'd venture to guess we definitely have a sign company up there. <laughs> Doesn't, maybe a little photo lab? Maybe. Or maybe. just a black and white maybe. lab at your house. In my house. <laughs> you know what? And that's the thing is the, the piece of the sign company that's so fun to do is like we, we do gorgeous metal prints. We do gorgeous acrylic prints, right? Businesses love that in oh, their business. They're gorgeous. They love to put up a timeline wall and show off all of the products that are in their suite of things that they make and do. And so like tying the two together and bringing it together for, so it's not a, a consumer, but it's a consumer on the business side. They absolutely love it. And their workspace should be beautiful. Right. So that's just our thing is we can make it beautiful. And does that, does that fire you up in the morning to know that you can make that kind of an impact on a company? Oh yeah. Every day. And like I said, like we designed this building itself right. to sell from. So we did photo a little different. Mm -hmm. We have a whole live wall. I'll show you out front that has all kids art in it. That's all has video that talks to you. Right. That is a wall that's been that. That's, that's a, life. 
Live portrait? Live portrait. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, has been incorporated in like, there's a, probably 15 installations in Fullerton with different things. Cal State Fullerton has a professor emeriti wall where, you know, the professors tell their story. Right. We've got it in 10 schools. Um, Cal State Fullerton has a metal wall that looks like that with video embedded, giving you a campus tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it does, Matt. I, I love it. And I love the fact that they just walk in and they go, I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. <laughs> and Caitlin sends them a $10,000 invoice and they pay it. Yeah. And that's that. And so like, it's not rocket science. It's just so fun. It's fun. It's fun. And, and it's, it's fun to be able to, you know, I would have never done this if I thought it was ever going to jeopardize my relationship with my daughter. Cause that came first. Sure. But to be able to... Now, that's interesting. You didn't say that about your husband, the poor man. 20 years. <laughs> well, I, we, we talked a lot about that, too. You know, that was the thing. And that's why we had Fullerton and the Brea locations. Right. And now we're in one location. We do have a little office in Brea yeah. because we have the territory there. But he um, likes to be out of the business in terms of he does all the running around. He does all the installs. Good. So he's... Everybody's found their... Niche, the little thing. Yeah, which is great. That's fantastic. Which is great. So it makes, you know, makes for a happy home too. <laughs> That's all you want. That's all you want. That's I can't you want. thank you enough for these couple oh my hours gosh, to Matt, talk thank about you, you and the I industry. Hope I, I hope I didn't just bore you. Absolutely not. <laughs> you have been so influential in what's happened in the industry thank you. over those 20 years. The way you've changed it, you've put your fingerprint all over good stuff. Thank I mean, you. Between, you know, the ladies' night out and learning photography and getting them to be more, you know, aware of photos and then donating and then just being ahead of the curve on stuff and reacting to things in the right way. Uh, thank you. It's been it's been wonderful. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I, I was so honored that you called me. Oh, absolutely. Thank this thank is you. great. Thank you so much You're again welcome. for your time. You're welcome. Thank right. you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please click the like button 